Thanks for tuning into the Caleb Hires podcast. For more great content like this, head to calebhires.com or check out The Resting Place at therestingplacetampa.com. I want to read to you out of Isaiah 52 through 53 in the Passion Translation. You don't have it, so, you know, in this translation, but you can hear it. Amen? I don't have it on the screens, but here it is. This talks about Jesus. It speaks of Jesus hundreds of years before Jesus ever came. This is one of the most amazing prophetic utterances of the Messiah, and it's just incredible to hear. So this is Isaiah 52, starting in verse 13, going through 53. We'll see how much time I have to read, preach here. Isaiah says, look, look. You need to know the language of God is not English or Greek or Hebrew. It's picture. The language of God is picture. Look. So maybe you need to close your eyes and hear this or see it. Look, my servant will prosper and succeed. He will be highly honored, raised up, and greatly exalted. Just as many were appalled at the sight of him, for so marred was his appearance like an object of horror. He no longer looked like a man. So now he will startle many nations. Just as he was so startling on the cross, marred so bad you couldn't even tell it was a man, so now he will startle many nations. And the word startle there is actually sprinkling and startling. So it's like you have your eyes closed and someone threw water on you and it startles you and you see. It opens your eyes. <laughs> but it's not water. It's the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, I feel that. Uh, so now he will startle many nations. Kings will be shocked and speechless before him. For they will now see a sight unheard of. And things never considered before now fill their thoughts. Who has truly believed our revelation? To whom will Yahweh reveal his mighty arm? He sprouted up like a tender plant before the Lord, like a root in parched soil. Come on, somebody. That word root is natser, by the way, like a natser, the son, the son of man born in the city of, or raised in the city of Nazareth. What good comes out of Nazareth, right? What good comes out of the sprouting? In parched land, like a Nazar, as Nazareth in parched soil, he possessed no distinguishing beauty, nor any outward splendor to catch our attention. Nothing special in his appearance to make us desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of deep sorrows, who was no stranger to suffering and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust and considered him a nobody. Not worthy of respect. Come on, this is Jesus on the cross. People literally looked away. They couldn't stand to see the sight of him. Ha ha. We hid our faces from him in disgust and considered him a nobody. Not worthy of respect. Yet he was the one who carried our sicknesses and endured the torment of our sufferings. <sighs> We viewed him as one who was being punished for something he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low, but it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced. <laughs> and because of our sins that he was crushed, he endured the punishment that made us completely whole. And in his wounding, we have found our healing. By his stripes, we are healed. 
He endured the punishment that made us completely whole. The word there is shalom. He endured the torment that gave you shalom. Ha. <laughs> that word means peace, prosperity, wholeness, success, well-being. Peace, prosperity, wholeness, success, and well-being. All these have come to us through Christ's sufferings. Don't tell me you, don't, you can't have peace in your moment. Don't tell me your trauma trumps his trauma. <laughs> don't tell me that this gospel isn't about prospering you. Don't tell me that having money is evil. The love of money is evil. Don't tell me that you're a broken vessel. The word shalom means wholeness. You're not a broken vessel filled in with the cracks. You're whole. Come on. That's the truth. That's God. You think that's weird? That's God right there. I wish all of us would have some type of unction <laughs> that would break us out of our horrible paradigms. You're not a broken vessel. You're a broken-hearted full vessel, whole vessel. Just like Jesus, who's brokenhearted over the sin and the pain in the world, but he is not himself lacking anything. You are a whole in him. <sighs> success, the word success, don't tell me that it's wrong to be successful. This is what Christ paid for. Christ paid for you to be successful in business, as a parent, as a child, in school. Arise and shine, your light has come. False humility needs to die. Well-being. Come on. Well-being. Christ did this for your well-being. And in his wounding, we found our healing. Whew. The word in there could mean among his wounds or in his wounds. Song of Solomon 2.4 says that we were hidden in the, the cleft of the rock. That means, the word cleft means open side, a broken open side of the rock. Come on, I believe in inner healing if it starts in him. Oh, mercy. <laughs> Here's what you need to do. Don't look at your worst day. Look at his. Don't, don't go to your worst day and invite him there. Go to his worst day. Zoom in and open one of the wounds and see your trauma. Go into his and see that thing that happened to you. See that person who wronged you. See that time where you messed up and know that 2,000 years ago, he was getting ripped open to pay for your wholeness, to pay for your healing. Somebody's going to get healed while I'm saying this right now. <laughs> Don't tell me he missed a spot. Don't tell me he wasn't ripped open for you. Don't tell me there wasn't payment for that person who harmed you. <laughs> Don't tell me that crap. <laughs> In his wounding, we found our healing. The wounding there means scourging, chabarach, and it's from the word to mean union. When you accept his sufferings as your own, you'll be healed. When you join his suffering, when you say, I will co-suffer, 
I will accept his sufferings as my own. Christ is not suffering now. He suffered once and for all so that we could be whole. (laughs) That's where you'll find your healing. Seriously, you got pain in your body? Imagine yourself zooming into the cross, opening one of his wounds, and looking at your pain. If it's back pain, zoom into his back. If it's neck pain, zoom into his neck. Look in there and see your name written on his open flesh. See the date of your trauma written on his bones that were exposed. Like wayward sheep, we've all wandered astray. Each of us has turned from God's path and chosen our our own way. Even so, Yahweh laid the guilt of our every sin upon him. Come on. When we were yet enemies with God, Christ died for the ungodly. He was oppressed and hardly mistreated. He Still, he humbly submitted, refusing to defend himself. He was brought like a gentle lamb to be slaughtered, like a silent sheep before his shears. He didn't even open his mouth. I know why he didn't open his mouth. When Pilate said, are you? And he said, you said. He was doing nothing to delay the cross. He was hurling himself towards this. He would not say anything. God, he could have spoken and shut the whole thing down. One word could have shut the whole mistrial down. He could have justified himself, but he stayed silent so that he would not delay your healing. So that he would not delay your encounter with him. The first encounter we have with Jesus is in his death. (laughs) Co-crucified. Thank God it doesn't stay there. Co-buried and co-resurrected. By coercion and with a perversion of justice, he was taken away. This was the worst injustice ever. And who could have imagined his future? He was cut down in the prime of life for the rebellion of his own people. He was struck down in their place. They gave him a grave among criminals, but he ended up instead in a rich man's tomb. Although he had done no violence nor spoken deceitfully, even though it, was, it pleased Yahweh to crush him with grief. Listen to me. This is your Bible. We can't white it out. God was pleased to crush him. God was pleased to crush himself. It was God, God, and God on the tree. It was not sadistic a father killing his son. It was a father as a son. Every father was once a son. God was on that tree. Don't don't tell me we can't learn these things, the mystery of these things. People say that the wrath of God was not poured out on Jesus because that would be cruel. Pleased Yahweh to crush him. Why? Because he knew you were on the other side of that cross, man. He was coming through. The joy set before him, he endured the cross. It pleased Yahweh. (laughs) To crush him with grief. He will be restored to favor after his soul becomes a guilt offering. He will gaze upon his many offspring and prolong his days. And through him, Yahweh's deepest desires will be fully accomplished. Through Jesus, God's deepest desires are fully accomplished. After the great anguish of his soul, he will see light and be fully satisfied. This is the resurrection. Come on, somebody. By knowing him, the righteous one, my servant will make many to be righteous. Because he, their sin bearer, carried away their sins. 
Come on, he carried him away. So I, Yahweh, will assign him a portion among a great multitude, and he will triumph and divide the spoils of victory for his mighty ones. Come on. All because he poured out his lifeblood to death. He was counted among the worst of sinners, yet he carried sin's burden for many and intercedes for those who are rebels. Come on. He intercedes. He carried them away. <sighs> Unforgiveness is unbelief. In the finished work of Christ. If you can't forgive that person, you don't believe in this, this sacrifice. You don't believe this gospel. I'm not saying if you're struggling to forgive, hello, there's a difference between struggling and I won't. I'm not saying you're struggling. It's hard. I get it, all right? I've had to forgive a few people a few times. <laughs> hello? I'm talking about obstinately saying I will not forgive them. They do not deserve it. Neither did you deserve that. And if God has forgotten their sins, how dare you remember?